Hello, you're listening to The Tune-Up, the podcast for auto repair focus. I'm Phil Curry, and in case you're wondering why my dulcet tones may seem a little bit lower this episode, mainly because despite the heatwave in the UK, now the temperatures have come back to normal, I'm suffering from a stinking cold. But, rather than delay this episode, as we're recording this on the 30th of August, the subject matter I'm talking about today is is quite timely, so I hope you can put up with the slight lower, heavier bass of my voice uh, and listen to me as I witter on about WLTP. Now, it's a subject that might not directly affect the aftermarket for a few years to come, but it's always good to know what's going on in the automotive world, and it's also good to know things that could affect later on especially due to the fact that for some manufacturers new parts and bits and pieces need to be updated however first of all here is the latest aftermarket news investigations by tire safe in partnership with trading standards over the past five years have revealed that 139 of the 152 part worn outlets visited were selling illegal and unsafe tires to unsuspecting motorists This means that just 13 dealers were selling roadworthy tyres for inspections spanning from Scotland to London. The investigations have highlighted part-worn retailers are either ignoring their responsibilities when selling tyres or just don't have the required skill to serve motorists properly. During test purchases, some have fitted tyres with water in them to wheels, others have provided the wrong size of tyre, and the supply of examples with nails and other objects embedded in them is all too common. Gulf Oil is celebrating the 50th anniversary of its first Le Mans win with the legendary Ford GT40 by joining with the manufacturer to produce the new Ford GT68 Heritage Edition for the 2019 and 2020 model years. The Heritage Blue with Heritage Orange paint scheme honours the Gulf Oil sponsored Ford GT40 chassis 1075 that won back-to-back 24 hour of Le Mans in 1968 and 1969. Gulf has many oil industry firsts to its name, including being the first company in the world to open a driving fuel station, and this is the first time that a lubricant and fuel manufacturer has partnered with a global vehicle manufacturer to produce a road car production model. Under the title Think Before You Buy, the British government has started an international awareness campaign together with car manufacturers, aftermarket players, industry associations and major online platforms. In addition to consumer risks, the economic damage caused by counterfeit products is substantial. The Intellectual Property Office of the European Union estimates that the EU market for tyres and batteries alone suffers an annual loss of more than €2 billion. The move is being backed by Tech Alliance, which has been actively fighting product piracy for some time, and 10 years ago introduced the Manufacturers Against Product Piracy initiative. Through this, the company says automotive suppliers of leading brands have been working together closely for years. And finally, amidst a growing influx of new membership enrolments, the Independent Automotive Aftermarket Federation are pleased to announce Liquimoli as their latest member. The German oil company will benefit from all the exclusive member-only services offered as part of the membership, including merchandise and promotional workwear, lifestyle protection plans and fleet management solutions as well as networking opportunities and supporting IWF's lobbying activities. And for more information and all the up-to-date news, go to autorepairfocus.com.
So, we're going to be talking today about the WLTP. Now, this is a new emissions testing procedure which was introduced in September 2017. But it is more important this year, and I'll explain why in a minute. But first of all, it's probably a good idea to find out what WLTP is. It stands for, bear with me on this, Worldwide Harmonized Light Vehicle Test Procedure. But rather than calling it WHLVTP, they've just shortened it to four letters. And it replaces the NEDC, New European Driving Cycle Test, that was established in the 80s to measure vehicle emissions. Now, when a new car comes out, it has to go through a stringent set of checks to see how many particulates it brings out, so how, many, how much particulate matter it expels, how much CO2, so on and so forth. And then obviously fuel economy and, and pollution levels can be gathered and vehicles can be, or in the UK especially, can be taxed accordingly, especially with the new vehicle excise duty rates. But unless you've been living in a cave for the last few years, you'll know that emissions is one of the hottest words in the automotive industry. The Dieselgate scandal in 2015 where a certain German car manufacturer was found to be cheating uh, emissions testing in the US uh, opened the eyes of the world onto uh, the amount of particulates and the amount of emissions and the amount of pollution expelled by vehicles. Following that, a number of magazines got involved and tested vehicles on the road and found that the emissions outputs of said vehicles were much, much higher than those that were found in the old NEDC testing. Now, NEDC, again, established in the 1980s, back in the day when, to be fair, no one really cared about pollution. Um, well, obviously some people did, but not everybody. It was basically a laboratory, a laboratory test. Forgive the cold, pronunciation's rubbish. Laboratory test. The vehicle was put onto a rolling road, sensors were put in the exhaust, the car was revved a few times, a bit of a driving cycle here and there maybe, and then the measurements were taken, stuck on a label, that car went on sale. It never really took into account stop-start, heavy braking, uh, turning left, turning right, traffic lights, city driving compared to motorway driving, etc, so on and so forth. So, the authorities have come up with a new test which combines laboratory testing with real driving emissions, RDE. Basically a 90 minute to two hour test where a vehicle has a mobile emissions analyst contraption stuck on the back of it and it is driven on a test track with long straights, stop start, motorway portions to see how that car emits the pollution in a real driving scenario. And these new figures are expected to be higher than the, the, the old figures which are now no longer needed or required. WLTP came into force for all new vehicles undergoing type approval from the 1st of September 2017. So a manufacturer brings out a new model, it has to go through type approval anyway to make sure it's safe, to make sure it's all you know, correct, right, compliant with various different procedures, and that's fine. So, for example, Ford with a new Fiesta, type approved, went through WLTP back in 2017. 
From 2018, September the 1st, in other words, a couple of days' time, every new vehicle on sale, be it a, a new model, be it an old model, every new vehicle registered after the 1st of September 2018 needs to be WLTP compliant. Now, you, you might think, okay, that's fair enough. All manufacturers got to do is just send it out for a quick test. That's fine, done, see you later. But there's a couple of bits to take into account with that. The first of all, the RDE comes up in two steps, RDE1, RDE2. RDE1 requires a, a nitrogen oxide conformity factor of 2.1, so that on the real driving emissions, the NOx submitted by a vehicle can be 2.1 times the existing Euro 6 engine regulation amount. That's all fair enough, it's just to keep sure, make sure that the vehicles are, are compliant, but there is obviously going to be a higher point. Cars approved during this period will be described as meeting Euro 6D temp. From 2020, RDE2 comes in, but a NOx conformity factor drops to 1. So an error margin of 0.5, meaning NOx emissions can be up to 1.5 times Euro 6 lab limits. And these vehicles then meet Euro 6D. So manufacturers have got to make sure that the NOx emissions from their vehicles meet the Euro 6D temp regulations. It might sound a bit obvious, but for that, a lot of manufacturers are having to put in petrol particulate filters on the petrol vehicles. Diesels are normally okay, but to ensure that the strict petrol criteria is met, some vehicles are being re-engineered, new ECU maps, etc, etc. And obviously that's going to cause a problem on the production line because any vehicle built before September the 1st, but expected to be sold after September the 1st, needs to be compliant with the new regulations. But we'll come back to that in a minute. The other factor is that every single vehicle variant needs to be tested. You can't just send a Golf out on steel wheels and with a standard radio and put all that around the track in the laboratory and say, yep, done. If, for example, Volkswagen had a, a Golf available with 15-inch alloys, 16-inch alloys and 17-inch alloys, they all need to be tested. And then if they have an infotainment system, that needs to be tested on each set of alloys. Every single body pack, every single every single possible combination through the options available on a new vehicle needs to be tested. And that takes time and effort for manufacturers to sort out. Therefore, understandably, a lot of manufacturers have paused production of certain vehicles until they go through the test. There's also talk that a lot of manufacturers will pre-register vehicles that aren't yet sold but have been built, basically to ensure they don't have to retrofit them to meet Euro 6D temp regulations or, or WLTP regulations from the 1st of September. So we are expecting a higher a higher registration figure when the SMMT release their their September their August registration, sorry, around about the fifth of September. So as you can see, WLTP is a really complex uh, criteria for vehicle manufacturers to meet, but it's something that needed to be brought in. 
the original test was brought in in 1980 like i said people didn't really think about emissions standards then it was just a case of ensuring that vehicles weren't pumping out too much smoke too much pollution etc etc it was very easy to simply you know, bung exhaust in the back and away you go over time of course we've had the catalytic converter we've had the dpf and of course the emission scandal has affected certain things in the aftermarket for example because the dpf is there we've now got a stricter mot which came in earlier this year which allows for you know a stricter uh, check on smoke level limits and, and and pollution limits coming out of there because there has been a tendency for some to remove the dpf which of course negates the need and the, the reason why it's on there anyway what we're going to start seeing and and more importantly what we're going to start seeing come through in the aftermarket in a few years time is a need to replace petrol particulate filters a lot of manufacturers are adding these to ensure that their petrol vehicles meet the stricter criteria this is the reason why a lot of production is being paused because obviously adding another can underneath a vehicle is going to take more effort take more re-engineering as it were while that's not going to hit yet there is going to be the same problem with the ppf that there was with the dpf that is if the ppf becomes clogged it could need to be replaced aftermarket exhaust manufacturers are developing PPFs and this is something they're going to have to be doing over the next few years to ensure that they stay up to date with what's available on the vehicle and of course if you think about it you know it can take a bit of time it's about three three and a half years before a new vehicle can filter into the aftermarket into the independent garage so there's plenty of time to get used to it but in the meantime of course we've got different aspects different little bits and pieces going on i mean we should all be aware that the the wltp is going to affect emissions so therefore there's going to be more talk about emissions coming through coming forward customer advice does it affect my car at the moment well no it doesn't your car if it's registered before september the 1st 2018 will comply to the nedc tests does it affect VED? Well, no, the government will have to take into account WLTP emissions figures when they set the bands for VED. But it's a, a, a big change for the industry and it's one that vehicle manufacturers are looking to get through and looking to struggle with at the moment. And of course, this could also mean that the number of options packages on vehicles, as I said before, vehicle options are tested every single combination is tested now that could mean for example uh in a in a roundabout way that uh options packs might be developed rather than simply allowing consumers to choose you know i'll have those alloy wheels that infotainment system i'll have that rear spoiler i'll have the uh the leather seats etc etc you might get option a option b option c infotainment for example that could lead to an extra little lucrative side deal for garages you know option a might be the the one that comes with the the lower uh ved rate for example because it's in a different tax band therefore it's very likely it won't have the infotainment system but an aftermarket infotainment system could be fitted and therefore a garage could fit that a little bit of extra money coming in on the side when the MOT comes in, 
there's also going to be possibly different figures to be looking at different bits and pieces to be ensuring that vehicles meet and of course if you keep up to date with the you know the current euro regulations euro one two three four five euro six fairly self-explanatory they get stricter as they go down until about 2021 we're going to have euro 6d temp and then euro 6d we're not expecting a euro 7 for quite a while after that now just to go back a bit wltp driving cycle the rda is divided into four parts with different average speeds low medium high and extra high and it was developed, the whole test was developed, with the aim of being used as a global test cycle across different world regions. So pollutant and CO2 emissions, as well as fuel consumption values, would be comparable worldwide. However, as a common global core, the European Union and other regions will apply the test in different ways depending on their road traffic laws and needs. So the WLTP won't be the same in Europe as it will be in the US, etc. WLTP will benefit the consumer and it will benefit us in the industry and the automotive industry as a whole it will give a more realistic driving behavior so we'll understand a bit more about the vehicles and their their attitudes and their work runnings and how they work etc etc it will introduce higher average and maximum speeds uh, co value Oh, sorry, CO2 values and fuel consumption will be provided for individual vehicles as built rather than simply the Golf on the steel wheels, for example. So consumers will know much more about their MPG and what they what they expect to get. Again, something that could benefit the aftermarket if the MPG drops, the driver is much more aware of what that should be, and therefore they're more likely to take it to a garage to get that looked get that looked at. The test will cover longer distances. Um, it will give you know, shorter stops and it will enable best and worst case values on consumer information so again the consumer is more informed when the consumer is more informed they feel more at one with the industry and they also understand a bit more about their vehicles and therefore they'll bring more like to bring them into into the garage it will provide a far more realistic representation of driving conditions in counts on the road and the old NEDC test but it won't cover all possible variations there isn't a catch-all for this the even the real-world driving simulation is set to a specific set of points and they can't take into account every single aspect for example I've got a heavy right foot I accelerate very hard and I brake very gently other people drive like there's an egg under the accelerator pedal other people drive like there's an egg under the brake pedal I've seen a few of those in, in recent days and that's that's the thing to take into that into the, the account Behave, tra behavior driving behavior traffic weather conditions it will always continue to differ from whatever the test says so there's always going to be a discrepancy here and there but it's important to note that the industry is doing something positive it is taking the procedure that was set up in the 80s and he's basically saying right okay bits of that work bits of that don't after 2015 after the Dieselgate scandal more needs to be done to ensure that vehicles are cleaner and that's what WLTP does 
So you're going to be hearing a lot about that in the media over the next few days, weeks, and possibly months. There's also, you know, vehicle manufacturers are going to have to suffer financially as a result of trying to push these cars through, suffer as a matter of fact of pre-registration. And of course, any different emission standards, be aware that any vehicle registered after the 1st of September 2018 might have a different set of emission standards compared to those registered before the 1st of September 2018, unless of course it was type approved after September 2017. But ultimately, that is what WLTP is. It's a cleaner, more effective, more efficient driving scenario for vehicle manufacturers to adhere to. And over the next few years, you'll probably see a few different technologies, a few different tuning maps, PPFs coming through as well. Aftermarket companies will fight to catch up and make sure that different options are available for their for their garage customers. So that's it really. WLTP in a nutshell. I'm Phil Curry. Thanks for listening. Apologies again for the less dulcet tone than normal, the frequent pauses. I'm now off to go and drink a, a lemon-based flavoured paracetamol drink and if you want to hear the latest news and information on anything WLTP or anything to do with the aftermarket you can catch up with it all on www.autorepairfocus.com thanks for listening and have a good week (music) 